Good morning. Hope you've had a great weekend so far. Really glad you're here to start a new week with us here at Great Oaks. Here with God's people, doing what God's people have done for 2,000 years. Worshiping God together on the first day of the week. We have a lot of visitors with us like we always do. Thank you for being here. We're glad you're here. We hope our worship has been encouraging to your faith already. And if we can help you in any way, please let us know. We, we like our visitors to know who we're trying to be here at Great Oaks. We're, we're trying to just be Christians. We put Church of Christ on the sign because we just want to follow Jesus Christ. And if you have any questions about us, have any questions about Christianity, well, please let us know. We'd sure love to help in any way we can, but we're really glad you're here. have an introduction to make before we get started. Miss Karen Davenport. Karen, could you stand up for just a second? Let everybody see you. There you are. This is Karen sitting over here with Cherry Williams. Uh, they're good friends. Uh, we, Karen met with our elders two weeks ago to let her, them know she'd like to be part of the Great Oaks Church family. We're really glad that Karen is here. A few things about Karen that you may have seen in the bulletin this last week. She has three daughters and five grandchildren. One of her daughters here with her today has been visiting with us. Uh, she's an accountant with Sully Corporation. Her hobbies include lifting weights, walking, and cooking. And you might have noticed Faith's been part of her life for a long time, baptized at 13 years old. Uh, she was recently part of the Bartlett Woods congregation and good friends with Derek and Sherry Williams. So really appreciate her and glad she's here. If you haven't got to meet Karen, uh, please do that and welcome her to the Great Oaks Church family. Glad she's here. This morning we're going to finish up our 2022 theme. If you're visiting or if you're new to Great Oaks, we try to have a theme every year, something just to focus on, and we have some series that go with the theme and some that don't. We, we pick it up here and there as the year goes on. Hopefully just something to drive it a little deeper into our hearts. Plant some seeds, things that will stick with us. Um, this year's theme has been blessed and blessing, and I hope it's been a good theme. I hope you've enjoyed the study. I sure have. Uh, we'll end that this morning. We have next Sunday. It'll be the last Sunday of the year. We'll do something different next Sunday, but this will be our last Sunday for the theme. So let's have our prayer together, and then we'll start our lesson. God, thank you so much for a morning of worship. We're so thankful that we can be together with other people who are trying to live for you. God, we know none of us are perfect. We all need you, and we all need your strength, we need your forgiveness, and God, we're thankful that we can journey together with others through this life. God, we're thankful today for Miss Karen, we're thankful that she's here at Great Oaks, we're thankful for her faith, we're thankful for her life. We pray, God, we can all serve you together for many years here in this church family. God, we pray as we study today that we'll be reminded one more time of how blessed we are and how we want to be a blessing to others. And God, I pray that it's something we'll always take with us as a church family. I pray that what is said will be what you want to be said. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God came to Abram in Genesis chapter 12. And he said to Abram, one of the great calls of Scripture, he said, I want you to leave your relatives, verse 1. I want you to leave your father's house to go to the land I will show you. We've been studying Abram on Sunday nights. Abram's family was not a God-worshipping family. They served idols. They worshipped idols. And so Abram was being called to a whole new uh, frame of reference, a whole new life of faith to the real God. Abram, to his credit, would go. But the promise in verse 2 is the one that's inspired our theme this year. God told Abram, I'll make you a great nation and I will bless you. Make your name great and so you shall be a blessing. And in my mind, that's almost like the highest level of faith. 
I will bless you and you will be a blessing. Not, not just receiving the blessings of God, though that's a bit, really big deal that we've tried to think about this year, how blessed we are. But to be a blessing, God would go on and say, those who bless you, or I will bless those who bless you, the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. That would especially come through Jesus. That through Jesus, all the families of the earth would have the blessings of God. Uh, even us today on the other side of the world from where Jesus lived. Later in Zechariah 8.13, God told Israel, I will save you so that you may become a blessing. That's what God does in our lives. He saves us and we become a blessing. As He lives in us, as we are transformed, as, as His blessings pour through us to the world, we become a blessing to others. I hope those verses echo in our hearts going forward because they've been really important to us this year. And we like to end each year with, with a final sprint through the theme, just to, just to put, put together the, the main thoughts one last time. So these last few weeks we've talked about on Thanksgiving weekend, freely you receive, Jesus told his apostles in Matthew 10, freely you receive, freely give. And we remind ourselves, God gave us forgiveness, and so we need to pass forgiveness along to others. God has shown us love, and so we want to pass love on to others. All the blessings God gives, we want to pass those things along. Last week, if you were with us, we looked at the bells idea from the book Surprise the World, where we thought about how we can, in everyday life, in just the regular rhythms of everyday life, how can we be a blessing to people around us? Spending time with people, trying, trying to bless them, thinking about that as, as how we want to be in the world. And then today we're going to finish up with the idea of being a blessed and blessing church. And the reason we're going to finish there is because one of the big reasons we had this theme this year is we wanted to remind ourselves of the church's mission. Again, if you're new or visiting today, this was a big year for our church family because Great Oaks was planted as a church in 1992, which made this the 30-year anniversary of our church family. And so we had a big homecoming this summer, and we celebrated all the relationships we've shared in Christ and the things that God has given us through the years. And so we wanted, knowing that was going to happen, that this was going to be a big year to think about our church family and our place here in the Memphis community and trying to shine our lights for God. We want to think about what are we supposed to do? We've been here 30 years now. What's our goal? What's our purpose? What's our mission? Just remind ourselves of who we're supposed to be. And God has blessed us again this year. We, we've talked a lot as with our ministers in our, our weekly meetings and with our elders about how blessed we feel as a congregation coming out of the really difficult COVID years that, that have affected everybody. And to feel like things seem semi-normal, that, that uh, people are, are coming to Christ and that we're serving in the community and that, and that all of you are as involved as you are with hopes we can do even better in the future. We feel like God has blessed us so much this year as a church family. Um, and we want to we be faithful with that. As Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 12, to whom much is given, much is required. And so we want to be thinking about what does God want us to do with all the blessings he's given us. And as we've said this year, if you study the New Testament, I think you'll find the church is supposed to operate in three directions. And so if you're keeping the outline with us, let's write those down one more time. First of all, the church operates upwards. This is the most important one. Even if numbers are not great, we want to be faithful to God. Even if popularity is not there, we want to be faithful to God. It, nothing else is worth anything if God is not pleased with who we are. And so the number one question is always, are we pleasing to God? Are we doing what He wants us to do? Are we living faithfully? 
We try very hard here at Great Oaks, the best we can, to try to really follow Scripture. You're going to see a lot of Scriptures up here this morning. We really want to follow Scripture. We want it to be who we are, how we live. So the church operates upwards. The church also is supposed to operate inwards. The reason God pulls us together as a church is to have this support system for our faith so that you're not going by yourself through life, and I'm not either, but that we journey together with God's people along the path. And the church is also supposed to operate outwards. We're supposed to be reaching out. It's not just about ourselves. We come together and encourage each other, but it's not just about us. We want to be showing God's love to our world. We want to be calling people to come to Christ. All three of those directions take effort, and they take energy. But with the help of God, I hope we'll always find the effort and the energy to be who God wants us to be. So what I want us to do with the rest of our time, um, I'm going to assume that upwards is, is who we are and what we're trying to do, who we're trying to be. I want us to look at that inward direction and that outward direction and ask ourselves the question one more time this year, how can we be a blessing in those directions? And so with both of them, we will ask, how does God describe it in the Bible and how does it happen? So let's start with the inward direction. We want to be a blessing to our members as a church family. When we talk about members of a church, we're not talking about members of a club. We're not talking about members of an organization even. We're talking about members of a body. We're talking about members of a family. And so let's point out that that's how that relationship is described here in Scripture. The church is described as a family. That's a really... That's a really powerful image, isn't it? What is, what is a family? A family is the type of place you can always go back to, even if you've messed up along the path. A family is the type of place that you find support, even when you haven't been perfect. A family is the type of people who are always there for you. They want, they want what's best for you. And sometimes, even if that means having hard conversations, they want what's best for you, and they'll talk about those things. Family is a powerful image, and in the passage that Logan read right before I got up here in 1 Timothy 3, notice how he describes the church. He says, calls it the household of God, which is the church of the living God. The household of... This is a family. It's supposed to be a family. Families even sometimes have squabbles. Families sometimes let each other down. Families, families aren't perfect, but they're aiming at something special if they're trying to be what God wants them to be. I want the church to be a family. Church is also described as a body. Again, members of a family, members of a body. We talk about new members in our, in our church. We're not talking about members of a club. Members of a family, members of a body. You see that description in 1 Corinthians 12. And he goes on well past this verse. But here in verse 12, he says, Even as the body is one, he's talking about the church here, even as the body is one and has many members, and all are members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. And if you remember this passage, the way he describes it as he goes on, he says, you have eyes as part of your body, you also have ears part of your body. You have hands part of your body, you also have feet part of your body. They're all important. And if one is hurting, it affects the others. And if one is not functioning, it affects everybody else. They're all connected and, and so there's this idea in a, in a body, a church body, that we're all on each other's team. And if you're hurting, we hurt with you. And if you're celebrating, we're celebrating with you. That's what the church is supposed to be. How does that happen then? 
If, if the church is described in the Bible, if we're supposed to be a blessing inwardly as a family, as a body. How do we do that? I think maybe the best way to describe it is, is the one another passages of Scripture. There are lots of these in the New Testament. I'll, I'll save another time to maybe dig deeper into them. But I just want to read a few. A few of the great one another passages of the New Testament that remind us, because in these one another passages, he's describing how Christians should be for one another. Just look at a few of them. In John 13, 34, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. To challenge anyone to love the way Jesus loved us is a really big challenge, isn't it? Jesus leaves heaven, comes here, dies on a cross for us, and then says, now I want you to show that type of love to each other. That is a self-sacrificial, putting you ahead of me type of love. That's how a church becomes a family and how a church becomes a body. Because they say, Jesus is living in me, and I want to be a blessing to these other Christians that God has put in my life, because I want to show the same love to them that Jesus has shown to me. It's not easy. We're all tempted towards selfishness. We're all tempted, tempted toward doing what we want to do, rather than helping other people. But the one another passages show us, this is how you do it. You, you love one another. You, you bear one another's burdens, Galatians 6 verse 2 says. And if you notice the section, verse 1, in the context, brethren, if anyone is caught in any trespass, so if, if one of us is caught in a sin, we're struggling with sin in our lives, we're going the wrong direction in our lives, he says, restore such a one. Go to that person. Bring them back. Don't let their soul just wander off to the world and away from God. Go to that person in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Notice that spirit of gentleness in that verse. It doesn't say go to them to make them just feel bad or just to tell them what you think they need to hear. Go to them in a spirit of gentleness because you want to bring them back. And then he says, verse 2, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. You shouldn't have to carry your spiritual load all by yourself. And I shouldn't either. That's how a church becomes a family. That's how a church becomes a body. We're all helping each other through life. That means, in part, we need to let each other know when we're struggling. We don't always know. But we want to be there for each other. We've got to let each other know. And then we have to make the effort to actually be there. What about 1 Thessalonians 5.11? And I've just got this one on one more. There's so many of these one another passages. Encourage one another and build up one another. And I love that image of building up one another because when you're building something, it's not there yet, but you're picturing what it can be. That's what encouragement is. We're building each other up. We're seeing what each other can be. We're not there yet, but we're seeing, we're, we're, we're trying to build something in ourselves of, of knowing we can be more like Christ. That's how a church becomes a family. That's how a church becomes a body. And then one more, James 5, 16 Confess your sins to one another. We're trying to help each other through life. I hope you have your people in the church that you can talk to openly and honestly about your spiritual struggles. If you don't have those people, that's one reason God put elders over a church. So that there would be people that, that are helping guide the congregation. Go talk to our elders. Talk to, I, I, I think I can honestly say I care enough. I, I would love to talk to you about faith if you don't have someone to talk to. We have ministers. We have fellow Christians Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. We want to be able to talk to each other and pray for each other. That, that's, how we, 
It's how we become a family. It's how we become a body. I hope you can say that Great Oaks has been a blessing to you. Me and my family, I think, can honestly say Great Oaks has been a blessing to us. Thankful for the Bible class teachers our kids have. Thankful for the influences of faith that our kids have. Thankful for the difficult times uh, my wife and I have been through, through through the years with family losses and other things that the church has stood alongside us and lifted us up. Thankful for all the ways, all, all the friendships, all the faith, all the good things that happen in this church family. I can honestly say this church has been a blessing. I hope you can say the same. And I hope anybody who's ever part of this church family will be able to say, this church has been a blessing to my life. The second way that I want us to talk about this morning, I hope will always be a blessing to our community. And let me just point out, you see that sign there, Great Oaks Church of Christ, that I have there on the screen. The only way we're a blessing to each other, and the only way we're a blessing to our community, is to the extent that Christ lives in us. That's how it happens. The, the more Christ is in us, the more we are a blessing to each other. The more Christ is in us, the more we are a blessing to our community. And so again, we'll ask the same two questions. How is this relationship described in Scripture, and how do we make it happen? So first of all, how is it described? This relationship in Scripture, our relationship to the community, is described as salt and light, for one well-known example. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, near the very beginning, says to his disciples, you are the salt of the earth. What does salt do? Salt makes things better, doesn't it? At least it's supposed to. It's supposed to make things better. We, we should make things better in our world. The fact that Great Oaks Church of Christ is here in the Bartlett, Memphis area, I hope, makes the area better to the extent that Christ is living in us. It, it, it hopefully is, is sharing something that brings some life and brings some, some good qualities to the community. What about that light of the world, he says in verse 14? You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. What a great description of the church. It's like a city set on a hill. People, people see it. You can't help but see it. You can't help but notice. You're going to notice something. Whether it's positive or negative, you're going to notice something about, about a church. It says you're, you can't be hidden. Be the light of the world. What does light do? Light, light brings beauty. You have windows that bring in light. We, we talk about how beautiful that is. Light points the way. It shows you where to go. Hopefully, hopefully that's who the church is. Salt and light. The other description I'll put up this morning is we're supposed to be showing God's truth to the world around us. And that's got to be done wisely. And it's got to be done with the spirit of Christ, the spirit of love. But that's our job. I think Christians have become painfully aware in our country in recent years that our culture has its own agendas and that people have their own directions in life, in our culture anyway. And if anyone is going to be sharing God's truth, it's going to have to be us. And back in 1 Timothy, rather, verse 15 again that was read a few minutes ago, after he describes the church as the household of God, right above the part I've underlined, then he says it's the church of the living God. And then notice that last description I've underlined, the pillar and support of the truth. The church is the pillar and support of the truth. What a great description. That we are, we are holding up God's truth in our community. That hopefully people see Jesus and they see the message of Jesus in our lives and our church family. So we're supposed to be salt and light and supporting the truth. How, how, does, that, how does that happen? 
How does it actually work where people can see the truth and, and see the salt of God and the light of God? I've got three things I want to point out that I hope our community is blessed by, by, by the Great Oaks Church family. First of all, I hope they're blessed just by our presence. I hope wherever you work is blessed because you're there. I hope whatever friend group you have has a greater blessing from God because you're part of it. I hope your family, and you'll gather around family like most of us probably in this next week or so, hope your family will be blessed just because of your presence. Why, why, would, why would someone be blessed by someone's presence? Well, if Christ is living in us, there's some special qualities there, or should be. We're at least aiming at some special qualities. And I love the description. I love it every time. We should probably put it up here every week of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 to just remind us of who we are when God is living in us. That we are people of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And there's probably always one of those that you want to do better, that you're not quite where you, where you need to be. Maybe all of them you want to do better and not quite where you need to be. But when you're around someone who shows those things, the really God-inspired things that are built. Remember, these are fruit of the Spirit. This is God living in us that produces these things. It's going to be a better atmosphere, isn't it? It's going to be a better workplace. It's going to be a better friend group. It's going to be a better family. I hope just as we scatter each week and go out to our different places, I hope our community is better because Christians are part of all those different things. Our presence hopefully changes the atmosphere. I hope people are also blessed by our service. We want to keep finding more ways to show the love of God to our community. One of my favorite parts of being here at Great Oaks and the time we've been here is to see us do more, just every year, trying to add a few more things, a few more ways to show our community that God loves them and we do too. As Galatians 6 verse 10 says, So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those from the household of faith. And I like that description of let us do good to all people because it echoes what Peter said about Jesus in Acts 10, that he went about doing good. We want, like Jesus, to go about doing good. And so I hope we always continue to find ways to help schools and to help people that are hurting and to, and to let people in our community know that God cares about them and to help the hospitals and all, all the different ways we're trying and want to keep trying to do good in our community. I hope our community is blessed because they see God's love in the way we try to do good in our community. And I hope they're also blessed by our message. We have the most important message that has ever been given to the world. If we are truly salt and light, the pillar and support of the truth, it is our job in our community to try to share what Jesus has done for us and to try to encourage people. We can't make anybody's decision for them, but to try to encourage people to give their lives to Jesus as well. As Paul said in Romans 1:16, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'm not ashamed of it. Hope you're not ashamed of the gospel, because I hope you've seen the gospel changes us in a good way. The gospel forgive through Jesus Christ, when we give our lives to Christ, we have forgiveness, we have transformation, our lives are changed. We see those fruit of the Spirit begin growing in us. We see all the good things that come through Jesus Christ. I hope our community is blessed by that. And I hope more and more souls 
will come to God because of the message we try to share by our lives and by our words in this community. I hope our community will be able to look back from eternity and say that our community is blessed by the fact that God helped the church be established here. I hope that's true. Let's be a blessing to each other. Let's be a blessing to our community. I want to end this morning. It's, it's not the final passage I'll put up in just a sec, but I want to end by reminding us of what David said in 2 Samuel 7. Because I love the spirit of what happens here. If you remember, David was ex- King David in the Old Testament. He's extremely wealthy. God had blessed him in every way. He defeated all his enemies. He'd expanded the borders of Israel to where God had always wanted them to be. And one night as he's sitting around looking at his magnificent house he had built, he starts saying to himself, you know, God has blessed me. And, I, and this is the Tim Allsup paraphrase. God has blessed me. He's really blessed me. I want to do something more for God than I've done. And that's where he gets the idea to build the temple. And his friend Nathan the prophet will tell him, God God is thankful for what you want to do, David, but it's actually going to be your son that's going to build it. But I love the thought process of David. God has blessed me. I want to do more for him in my life. I hope that spirit's always with us. That takes us to do two things. First of all, we got to care enough to open our eyes and see our blessings. Sometimes we struggle with that. Sometimes we focus too much on what we don't have. But then the second thing is to be able to take that second step and say, I I want to be a blessing. I want to see what God has done for me, but I, I want to not just keep those things for myself. I want to serve God better because of all He's done for me. It only feels right that the final passage should be Genesis 12 too. That that same promise God gave Abram is the type of thing we'll try to live out in our own lives. Where God said, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. May we always be able to say as Christians and as a church that we've been blessed, but also that we've tried to be a blessing. This morning, if you're not a Christian, we'd love to see you take that most important step of your life. It's a decision you will never regret. You'll never look back and say, I wish I had not become a Christian. God will walk with you. He'll give you strength. You'll have the peace of being ready for eternity. You'll have a family gathered around you. You'll have all the blessings of Christ. How do you do that? Well, you do it the same way today that they did in the New Testament. As Peter told the crowd in Acts 2 when they believed in Jesus, repent and be baptized. You might notice baptism has a certain purpose there. One of the things that that can be sad to me, is sad to me in our religious world, is, is all the different versions of baptism that are taught. But if you just let the Bible speak on it, he's pretty clear. He says, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You take Jesus in baptism. You're baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. It's in baptism that your sins are washed away and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God comes to live in you in baptism. You're not doing anything there. God is doing something. You're being baptized, but God is adding all those blessings. If you haven't taken that step to be baptized, as Acts 2.38 describes it, we'd love to see you do that. Or if you have questions about it, we know there's a lot of different ideas on those things out in the religious world. Please talk to us. We'd love to show you what the Bible says about baptism and encourage us all to do it God's way. Or maybe today you need to ask for our prayers. If you're going through a time of struggle, a time of sin, we'd love to help you get back on the right track. If you need to respond publicly, you're invited to come to the front now while we stand and while we sing.